Hello friends, welcome to 100 Degrees Below Freezing, a story and devotional podcast where we share the experiences we've had while following Jesus in the Alaskan bush. Sometimes odd, sometimes funny, sometimes painful, but always in light of Jesus. Grab something warm and join us in the adventure. Episode 2, God's Call to the Field Why of all places would you move to Alaska? Don't they need pastors in Louisiana or Texas? Chris, if you go this route, you're going to hinder your ability to get a bigger church. These and several others like them were some of the responses that we heard from friends and family when we announced in late November of 2010 that we had accepted a call to move to the village of Galena in Alaska to pastor the Galena Bible Church. It was a church of about 18 members at the time. And to be honest, I had had many thoughts running through my head as well. What have I done? What am I about to put my family through? God, are you sure I'm hearing you on this? This is not what I thought was part of the plan. You see, I am what is known in Alaska an independent missionary. What that means is that I'm not here through an organization or a missions agency. The church called me to be their pastor, but did not have the ability to pay me a salary. So to accept this position meant that I would have to raise my own support, a venture well-known to be a challenge to missionaries the world over, and a venture that I knew would cause significant stress to my growing family. You see, I had spent the previous seven years serving on staff at a church plant in South Louisiana. Though there were significant challenges presented in church planting, I had had a basically stable church pastorate. In May of 2010, I had completed my Master's of Divinity through New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and rather suddenly began to feel God prodding me onto new things. I loved my church and the people to whom I was serving and quickly and repeatedly dismissed the leading of the Holy Spirit for nearly a month. I know, super pastoral of me, wasn't it? Anyways, there, after I could bear it no longer, I broached the subject with my wife, who, I was sure, was going to say, that's crazy talk, and ground me back to our long-term plan to pastor this church. She didn't. Her response was basically, I felt the same way. So what were we to do now? Well, I proceeded to update my resume, which I hadn't touched since a class project necessitated it in seminary five years prior, and listed it on churchstaffing.com. Yes, that's actually a thing. Then I waited. I thought, I'll interview with a church, be called, we'll resign here, I'll move there, it'll be seamless. Two months passed, and crickets. Nothing. No response emails, no, hey, we'd like to ask you some questions. Not even a, we're also looking to hire a janitor. Are you interested in that? As my wife and I prayed, we felt that the Spirit was saying, I didn't give you that part. I just gave you this part. You're done here. I met with my elder board the middle of August and resigned my church September 1st with no job to step into. Really, at this point, I was thinking, I must have lost my mind. It's hard to articulate the work God was doing in my heart at this point, but humbling is the best word I can use. When people look at your resume and listen to your sermons over and over and over again, and none of them choose you, you begin to wonder if you're in the correct field. 
God, did you really call me to be a pastor? Did I really go to seminary for five years for this? It was that question that I had on my mind as I flew out to Galena with a buddy for a moose hunting trip. Now, this was a trip that we had had in the works for well over a year, and it just happened to fall right in the middle of this crisis. Now, at this point, Galena Bible Church had been without a pastor for almost three years. Over a decade of church conflict had left the small group of believers rather weather-checked from the disunity that had existed. My brother and his family had lived in Galena for about 12 years at the time, and I was with, it was with him that I was coming out to hunt. He asked me if I would preach one of the Sundays I was there, and I did, not thinking much about it. There were no burning bushes or glorious angels appearing to tell me that this was where I was supposed to be. Just an average Sunday, then a week of hunting. Hunting was slow, we weren't seeing much by way of moose, and so there was a lot of free time for quiet reflection. It was during one of those times I was thinking about Galena and all the people that I had tried to send here. You see, Galena is a place that itself needs the gospel, but it's also a place that through many ways can impact Alaska as a whole with the gospel. It was while thinking of this that I first felt the quiet prodding of the Holy Spirit saying, why not you and your family? To which I emphatically answered that question, because that would be crazy. It's a missionary position. I'm not a missionary. I can't move my family from Louisiana to Alaska. It's a down economy. There's no way I could sell my house, raise funds, etc., 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 etc. Besides, it's about to be winter. You don't move to Alaska in winter. You just don't. So there, God, there you have it. That's why not me and my family. Now, having completely settled this matter, <clears throat> I knew that God still wanted me to be in ministry. It was just a matter of where. Well, when we finished hunting, I came home to an email from a church that had responded to one of my resumes. See, here, that's how God works, through email. The only response I had received in four months. I was sure this was what was next for me. I began to interview with this church, and they narrowed the candidates down to three, myself and two others. It was the middle of October by this point, and they scheduled to have me up for an interview after they had interviewed the other two candidates, so not until the first weekend in December. Great. More waiting. And other than that, churches around the U.S. were not interested in this 28-year-old pastor. Humbling. Now, while this is going on, I continued to feel the relentless prodding of the Holy Spirit concerning Galena. So I half-jokingly shared it with my wife. This time, she was not on the same page. She asked what it would involve, and I told her about raising support, the rural isolation, and the odd nature of asking a church that wasn't looking for a pastor if we could be their pastor. She said, Chris, if you are trying to make up a place for us to go and minister, then couldn't we go anywhere? Like, let's go start a church in the Bahamas. And we dismissed the matter. Well, sort of. Galena kind of became a joke between us. Well, there's always Galena. You know, if I can't get a job at McDonald's, maybe they'll have me in Galena and the like. I say all this because I don't want you to ever get the idea that I'm some spiritual giant. I'm just a guy who really wants to follow Jesus and bumbles my way through life trying to do what God says. 
It was early one morning in November that my wife came into the kitchen where I was making coffee, and I jokingly said to her, So, you ready to follow me to Galena? To which she replied, in a deadpan, yes. I was dumbstruck. She told me that she had, in fact, been praying and realized she was telling God, I'll follow Chris wherever you want Tim to go, anywhere except Galena. I reached out to my brother to tell him what we were thinking, and he proceeded to spend the next several days trying to convince me how dumb of an idea it was. Gotta love older brothers. Actually, what he was doing was testing my sincerity. There are lots of folks who, for ministry's sake, move to Alaska, but really it's for the adventure. But they don't stay. And he knew that if he could convince me not to come, then I had no business coming. I interviewed with the Galena Bible Council, and then uh, any of the 18 members that were invited to talk with me all over the phone or over email, considering I was still in Louisiana. The church set a date to vote on whether or not to call me as their pastor the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Now remember, two weeks later, I'm scheduled to meet this other church. So my wife and I began to pray, Lord, we don't want to choose. We don't want to weigh the pros and cons of these worthy works. We just simply want to be in your will and follow you. Again, at this point, six months after feeling God's call to something different, these were my only two options. The Sunday came for Galena Bible Church to vote on us, and not all of the 18 members were available to vote. So they decided to wait a week. Awesome. Tuesday of that week comes, and I get, and I'm not kidding, an email from the search committee of the other church saying that they had just had the second candidate up. They feel really strongly this is who God wants them to have, so don't worry about coming in two weekends. Thank you, God, for not having me work there. After reading the email to my wife, I said, I really hope that the church that we have to raise support to work for wants us. Otherwise, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. The Sunday came for Galena to vote on us, and it was an, a unanimous vote to call us as their first pastor. We were the first pastor in the sense that we were the first pastor this church had ever called on their own and not been assigned by some missionary agency. Things happened very quickly after we said yes. Now go back to my conversation with God while I was moose hunting. We raised support in two weeks. Now any faith-based missionaries listening to this just dropped their iPhones when they heard that. Every phone call was a yes. We sold our house the day after we put it on the market. 90% of what we owned we sold in two subsequent weekend garage sales in December. We said yes to the call the weekend after Thanksgiving 2010, and we were on the ground in Galena January 20th, 2011, just shy of two months after saying yes. Now as for my resumes, for the next six weeks after saying yes to Galena, I had seven churches that contacted me saying that they'd like to fly or drive me up for an in-person interview. It was as if God was showing his hand, holding back the stream and saying, I don't want this to be confusing for you. These were great churches, fun ministries, better salaries, and closer to family places. 
there were a thousand other little things that happened along the way from saying yes to negative 47, which is the temperature uh, that we landed in when we landed in Galena, that showed my wife and I that this was, in fact, God at work in us. This was our call. And we would need to know with concrete certainty that we had, in fact, been called to be here many, many times in the following seven years to where I sit today. Many times in my ministry, I've had people ask me, how do you hear from God? I think the simplest answer is you hear from God when you seek to be obedient to God. When that poor father of the demon-possessed child in the Gospel of Mark says to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. It was a longing to be obedient even when it's hard to see and hard to hear. God has taught me that our greatest challenge is not to know what we need to obey next, but rather our greatest challenge is to obey what we already know. Jesus said to his disciples that we were to teach others to obey all that Jesus commanded. Obedience to the call of God in all things is the call of the Christian. Whether it's the call to repent of gossip or greed, or the call to sell all that you have and bring the gospel to some remote part of the world, God reveals his truth to us first and then asks us to obey. What is God calling you to obey today? Thanks for joining me on 100 Degrees Below Freezing, stories we've lived while following Jesus in the Alaskan bush. To you, friends, I say, stay warm and never stop needing Jesus.